everybody what a day to be alive are you excited this morning have you told somebody around you merry christmas this morning glory glory go ahead just tell somebody which somebody celebrate smile for somebody even if you have not smiled in a while smile today you have every reason to smile glory to god i remember back in the days we used to sing one song like that and the song used to sound like something like this i hope i can remember Smile, Jesus loves you. Smile, Jesus loves you. Hallelujah. Smile, Jesus loves you. Smile, Jesus loves me. Isn't that a nice song? Just knowing that Jesus loves you is enough to keep you smiling all day. Praise God. Merry Christmas once again, everybody. Hallelujah. Father, we rejoice that this morning we have every reason to rejoice and celebrate the day when grace and the free favors of God abounded to mankind profusely. And we thank you that this morning as we celebrate the world over in acknowledgement that the Savior was born and the Savior is here today. Thank you for grace. Thank you for revelation knowledge gifted everybody under the sound of my voice. I decree that bodies and yokes are destroyed and whatever is not planted by God is rooted out. Your people are built up, equipped, edified and Jesus is glorified. In Jesus precious name and every believer says that amen like thunder. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our faith together. As we say these words, I am born of God. I am born of the world. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus name. And every believer says a powerful amen. Well, I want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all of the social media community, brothers and sisters online. Merry Christmas. We love you. We're so glad to have all of you as an extension of our church family, wherever you're watching around the world. What a day to be alive. We also want to welcome the entire Aquaibom State community connected to this service right now by way of XLFM, Comfort FM, Radio Aquaibom, Passion FM, Inspiration FM, and Heritage FM. We're so glad to welcome all of you to the service. Do me the favor on this special Christmas service. Call a friend, a family member, a loved one somewhere. Ask them to tune to this radio station right now specifically. This will be the best Christmas gift you are giving to anybody on the face of the earth. Ask them to tune in right now and that life is flowing through the airways. Social media community, let's flood the earth with the truth of Christ this morning. Help me share the video, put them on all the various platforms, LinkedIn, Telegram, WhatsApp groups, put them on all the various, you know, platforms, all the groups. Let's get this word around the world. All of our campuses around the world, we want to welcome every one of you brothers and sisters in the various campuses this morning. We're so glad to have all of you in this Christmas service. While 
Hallelujah. What a joy to be here. Are you excited to be here this morning? Are you excited about the word of God that you're about to hear this morning? Can we celebrate the word of God with a shout? Glory to God. Somebody shout a good amen. Well, grab your pen, your notebook, your Bible. You can be seated with your sweet, smart self and make sure you have your phone in your hand so you help us share the, the messages on all the groups, all the, all the various groups you've created, all your various platforms. Let's get the word around the world because I'm going to be teaching something that will be very vital to your Christian faith as a believer. The book of 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse number 15, 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse number 15, Brother Paul writes a letter to Timothy, and he says to Timothy, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So now, Brother Paul began to deal with the study of the scripture itself. The study of the scriptures itself. Brother Paul's hermeneutics or Brother Paul's interpretation of the Old Testament there is focused on salvation through faith in Christ. And that is what he discusses in this text of scripture. He obviously wasn't saying that the Old Testament is salvation through faith only. He must have selected what he taught from there as salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. In verse 16 he now says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Did you observe? Given by inspiration, meaning that the scriptures came out of the breath of God. God breathed on certain individuals. So all scriptures are given by inspiration of God and they are profitable. The word ophilimos means advantageous or profitable for doctrine, which is teaching or explanation. That the scriptures will only benefit you and profit you when they are taught and explained in the light of Christ. Because First John chapter 5 verse 20 tells us, First John chapter 5 verse 20 tells us, And we know that the Son of God is come and had given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his Son Jesus Christ. This is the true God. Jesus is the true God and eternal life. Jesus is the true God and eternal life. So, the scriptures are taught and explained in the light of Christ for the profitability of the saints. And when they are taught and explained, they will bring you to a place of reproof. That's the second prophet of scripture. The word reproof there is not the English reproof, it's the Bible reproof. It means, it's a, 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 you know, a Greek word, reproof. It means evidence. Same word in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence. The reproof of things not seen. The evidence. Which means the gospel is a message of faith or the gospel is a message of conviction or the gospel is a message of persuasion. Now when you are persuaded about the gospel, it produces correction. 
correction, ephanotesis, correction. The word reproof is the word electros. Ephanotosis means correction, a resetting of the mind, an unlearning to relearn, to reset something the way it is supposed to be. And now when there is an unlearning to relearn, when there is a resetting of your mind, it will now produce the fourth benefit of scripture, which is instruction in righteousness, which is the word pedia in the Greek, which means raising up a child by the way of the mouth. Actually, it means spiritual growth. That means there can be no genuine spiritual growth in the life of a believer until that believer is exposed to doctrine which will produce reproof, which will produce correction, which will arrive at instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto every good work. Now, this is so important that you remember that Brother Paul is simply saying that the doctrine of salvation is the core of Christian doctrine within the Old Testament. It is also for the persuasion, meaning a message of faith that brings correction and that ultimately produces spiritual growth. So the gospel produces faith in the hearer. And when that faith comes alive, that faith results in salvation. The book of John chapter 3 verse 36. John chapter 3 verse number 36. Whoever is on the computer, you need to walk with me. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Did you observe the tenses? Hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. A man that does not believe in Jesus shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. A man that does not believe in the resurrection of Jesus shall not see life, has only the wrath of God. The Bible says a man that is not born of God is a child of wrath. He is under the control of the prince of the power of the air. He is a child of wrath. The wrath of God abideth on the man that does not believe the gospel. Now that's very bold a claim. Look at John chapter 5 verse 24. John chapter 5 verse number 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me. Did you see the emphasis? Believeth, believeth, believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. And shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. He shall never come unto condemnation. He has already passed from death to life. That's what Brother Paul was telling the church in, in Rome. That the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free or made me free from the law of sin and death. The believer in Jesus shall never come to condemnation. He shall never come to wrath. He has passed from death to life. Can I have a powerful amen? Look at the book of John chapter 6 verse 47. John Chapter 6, verse 47. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. 
He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Look at John chapter 11 verse 25. John chapter 11 verse 25. <clears throat> Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He that believeth in me will be raised from the dead, spiritual death. That's why the Bible tells us in Ephesians, he has quickened us together, raised us up together, made us sit together in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. Are you still here? So, 1 John chapter 5 verse 1. 1 John chapter 5 verse 1. Whosoever believeth, did you see the emphasis is on belief? Believeth that Jesus is the Christ, is born of God. He that believeth that Jesus is a man, is the Christ. The Christ means a man, is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begot, loveth him also that is begotten of him. Look at verse 4. Verse 4 of that's First John chapter 5 verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God. He that believeth is born of God. For who, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith in Christ. We are world overcomers. We will not overcome the world. We have overcome the world. We have overcome the world. Can somebody say that very loud? No, don't say we have. Say I have. Can I hear you one more time? I want to hear it louder and louder. The radio audience wants to hear you clearly. It will not be a bad thing to repeat it one more time. All that is in the world is the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes and the pride of life. I have overcome the world. The prince of this world and the world system is under the believer. The believer is in absolute, total, continual victory. I didn't have a good amen. Now, this morning, I want to get us into some apologia from scripture. And I want you to pay attention. I want to deal with something that is very critical to the Christian faith. I want to answer the most important question that a Christian can ever answer in all of his life. The most important question that a believer can ever answer in all of his lifetime. Well, some believers will say, well, the most important question will be, what must I do to be saved? Well, the guy who asked that question was told, believe. And we saw from scriptures that the guarantee for salvation is faith which is in Christ Jesus. Believe in Christ Jesus. Now, but once you answer the question of salvation, there is another important fundamental question that will be asked. That question will have to do with the authority 
on which you base your answer on salvation. The authority on which you base your answer on salvation. So ultimately, you're going to answer the question, why do you believe the Bible? Why do you believe the Bible? Why not the Quran? Why not some occultic books? Why the Bible? That is one question every believer will have to answer. Why have you decided that the the Bible is final authority in your life? Why? Why? Why not some other book? Why not biology? Why not psychology? Why the Bible? You know, some of you have never thought of that before. Why the Bible? You go for evangelism and somebody say, why should I even believe anything in this book? What will you tell them? What will you tell them? Why the Bible? That's one question every child of God must answer. And that's one question every sinner should ask Christians. Why the Bible? Why not the book of Mormon? Why not the book of Mormon? Why the Bible? There are other ancient books. There are other religious documents. Why not those? Why the Bible? Think about it for a second. I chose to deal with this on Christmas Day so you never forget it all your life. Why the Bible? Why do you choose to believe the Bible? Why the Bible above other books? Why the Bible instead of other books? Because ultimately, everybody have their own set of beliefs. Why do you want me to abandon my traditional worship and believe a Bible that I don't know where it was written from? At least my idol worship, my traditional religion, I know it originated from my ancestors. Why the Bible? Why not Ebo Masquerade? Then I know where it came from. Why do you want me to believe the Bible? Everybody have had their own set of books. And everybody ascribes authority to their books. This is a question we have to answer. And it's a question people have a right to ask. If you are not a believer, you have a right to ask this question and get it answered beyond every shadow of doubt. And this is the critical point or this is the crux of the matter. And until this question is answered in a man's life, he will never have absolute confidence in the authority of scripture. That's why some people are in church, but they still have some native doctors somewhere that they consult. Because they have not been confronted with the truth of, why must I even rely on the Bible? That's why you have some preachers who say, even if after death we discover that heaven does not exist, I have no regrets. Why will you talk like that? Why will a pastor say such a thing? 
Why will a preacher of the gospel be saying, even after this life, if I discover that there is no heaven, I have, why will he talk like that? Why will he say, well, after I die, if I discover that there's no eternity with God, I have no regrets. Why will a preacher be talking like that? It's the fact that he himself has not come to a place of persuasion and conviction on the infallibility and authority of the Bible. So why the Bible? Are you ready? If you are sleeping by now, I'm sure you're awake. Why the Bible? Because everything you discuss as a Christian concerning your faith and eternity is going to hinge on that question, why the Bible? So, let's start today's teaching by answering that question. If someone asks you, where will you be after death? Is there even a life after death? You say, yes, I will be with Jesus. And he will ask you, why do you think or why do you know you will be with Jesus? You will say, because 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 6 says so. Let's read it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse number 6. Therefore, we are always confident knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Next verse. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Next verse. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So, Brother Paul submits that the moment you die and drop this body, you are present with the Lord. Okay? While in this body, you are absent from the Lord, meaning physically. But the moment this body drops, you are present with the Lord. So absence from the body is present with the Lord. So when I drop this body, or when this body expires, mortality gives way, automatically I will be with Jesus. Now, <clears throat> if you are a student here and your professor in the university says to you, Using the theory of evolution, that man came from apes. Man evoluted or man came out of apes or monkeys. And you stand up and say to your professor, that is not true. He says, why do you say so? He said, because the Bible teaches that God formed man out of the dust of the ground. And he says, can you prove it? You say, Genesis chapter 2, look at it. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Then it asks you, so if you say man didn't come from monkeys, man was created by God and man came from the dust of the ground. Why do you believe the Bible? And why not science? Science has scientific facts. Why the Bible? Well, <laughs> The weakest answer many Christians will give is because I was raised to believe 
the Bible. I was raised to believe the Bible. Just like others were raised to believe in idol worship. Just like others were raised to believe in the Holy Quran. Then you and the Muslim and the Buddhists are just engaged in a contest. My own is better than your own. My own is better than your own. It's just a context. Because all of you were raised to believe it. That's not an answer at all. You're in a contest of whose God is bigger. Another response people will give is because you can't argue with a personal experience. The things I used to do, I do them no more. The places I used to go, I tried it and it changed my life. Come and try it. That is because you are the only person that have tried something that changed your life before. So because you tried it, it changed your life. You also want me to try to change my life. You don't know that there are people that have done some discipline that have changed their life experiences that is not Bible. If you answer a professor like that, he will make rubbish of you in that class. He will make you doubt why you even carry a Bible. Because I tried it. And it worked. So anybody trying anything that works means that thing has become a God to the person. So how do you deal with such a situation that challenges the inerrancy, the errorlessness, and the authority of the Bible? Well, let me give you an answer, then I'll explain. Are you ready? Somebody said to me very loud, I choose to believe the Bible because it is a reliable collection of historical documents. Because it is a reliable collection of historical documents. I want to hear your voices. Written by eyewitnesses. During the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. They report supernatural events. That took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies. And their writings are divine rather than human in origin. Did you get that? Are you writing? Now write. I choose to believe the Bible because it is a reliable collection. A reliable collection of historical documents. Written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. Written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. They report supernatural events that took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies. 
that took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies and their writings are divine rather than human in origin. Their writings are divine rather than human in origin. I choose to believe the Bible because it is a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. They report supernatural events that took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies and their writings are divine rather than human in origin. Now, let's explain these with scriptural evidence. Do you have it written? Are you with me? Okay. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 16. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables. Cunningly devised fables. When we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we are eyewitnesses of his majesty. And somebody says, but you can't use the Bible to prove the Bible. That is secular reasoning. The goal here is not to prove the Bible. The goal here is to answer the question, why the Bible? I'm not here to prove the Bible or to defend the Bible. Jesus, the message of the Bible is alive and is able to defend himself. I don't need to defend Jesus. He is able to defend himself. The question here is why do I choose to believe the Bible and not any other book as my final authority? Well, the answer is in the same Bible. I choose to believe the Bible because there is no higher authority than the Bible. So I'm going to answer the question from the same Bible. There's no higher authority. If, if I were to make reference to another authority to defend the Bible, I will be conceding the fact that there is a higher authority than the Bible. Since there's none, it is still the same Bible that will defend itself. I'm establishing to you this morning that this is the highest authority, the Bible. Therefore, by definition, I cannot appeal to another authority. Second Peter 1.16 again. Teaching good? 
For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We were eyewitnesses. Now Peter, in this text of scripture, is responding to questions and queries about the authority of the scriptures. So let's read it through. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 16 to 21. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we are eyewitnesses of his majesty. Next verse. For he received from the Father, I mean from God the Father, honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but the holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. As they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So this is Peter's response. And it is from this response we got the answer that I gave to you. So let's deal with it step by step. First, it's a reliable collection of historical documents. Can I hear you say it twice? One to go. Let me hear you say it again. It's important that it's reliable. And it's important that it's a collection. It's important that it's reliable and it's important that it's a collection. And it is important that it is historical. All that is important. It is reliable, it is a collection, and it is historical. Three words. Reliable, collection, historical. Okay, are you still here? Can we all say it together? Everybody want to go three words? Let me hear you louder. Don't speak like you're apologizing. Want to go? All this is important. Now, the Bible is unlike many holy books all over the world. In that, the Bible is a collection. You don't have just one individual who says he heard from God or one individual who says an angel visited him or one individual who said he saw a vision or one individual who said he met with God. It's a collection. Not just one individual who narrates his experience. Therefore, everybody else to listen to him. No, it's a collection. The Bible is a collection. The Bible was written on three different continents. Asia, Africa, and Europe. Three different continents. The Bible was written in three different languages. Mainly Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. Hebrew, Greek, 
and Aramiak. Three continents, three languages. The Bible was written by over 40 authors. 40 authors. Over 40 authors. Some of them were kings. Some of them were generals. Some of them were fishermen. Some of them were tax collectors. Some of them were doctors. Some of them were historians. Some of them were journalists. We have people from all walks of life. Over 40 different authors. From all walks of life. Who gave us the 66 volumes. 66 volumes. Over 40 authors. And these 66 volumes covers hundreds of subjects, various subjects. They were written over a period of more than 1500 years. Over a period of 1500 years. So let me recap. Three continents, three languages, more than 40 authors, hundreds of subjects and topics, written over a period of 1500 years. This is a reliable collection of historical documents. It's not just one individual making a claim. This is very key. This is very key. Oftentimes, we don't comprehend that all those came together to give us the Bible. It actually adds to the credibility of the Bible. The fact that it is a reliable collection of historical documents. Now, Luke was a physician and a historian. So, Dr. Luke now will give us his own account. Luke chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. Luke chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us. Next verse. Even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the world. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things, from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, verse 4, that thou mayest know the certainty of those things, wherein thou hast been instructed. That thou mayest know the certainty. We are not doing kalo kalo. The certainty, the surety of those things. So, Luke was not an eyewitness. Dr. Luke was not an eyewitness. And he doesn't claim to be one. He's a historian who claimed to have traced the information from the eyewitnesses of the incarnation into the resurrection. A lot of people say, why do we have four gospels then in the Bible? Well, because all those four Gospels are telling the same story from different perspectives. And the fact that this man was not an eyewitness 
but collected facts from those who were eyewitnesses. Some of Brother Luke's chief eyewitnesses was a female, Mary and Peter. Chiefly, they were the eyewitnesses he relied upon. So, he gets information from eyewitnesses and he openly says he is not an eyewitness but that he collected the information from the eyewitnesses and that he has followed everything closely from the first until now and he wanted to write an orderly account here is another reason why we have four gospels Luke's goal in writing is history and chronology. That's the goal of Luke. In his writings, all he's interested in is to preserve history and chronology. Luke's goal is, I want to give you the events as they happened in order. John's goal is evangelism. That's why John said in John 20, 31. John chapter 20, verse 31. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing, you might have life through his name. That is why John wrote. He wrote to convince you to believe so that in believing, you might have life. How many of you remember when I started the teaching, all the scriptures I read on believe, believe, the last life were from John. Because John's focus was evangelism to get people to believe. So his goal is evangelism. So John orders his gospel around seven major signs. In the book of John, there were only seven miracles. And those seven miracles are pointers to the fact that Jesus is the Christ. I've taught you on the seven miracles. And that they were signs. So that way he organizes his gospel. Beginning from turning water to wine. This beginning of miracles did Jesus and showed forth his glory. That's how he began his gospel. With the miracle of turning water to wine. Now, Mark's gospel is the shortest of the gospels. Mark is very, very, very brief. And his writings is about brevity. One of his favorite words is straightway. Immediately. <laughs> you know the book of Mark. Straightway. Immediately. Immediately she was healed. Straightway he went. Straightway he stood up. Immediately her eyes were open. Alright, so he is straight to facts. He didn't go around in, in you know all the story. He was just straight. Matthew's writing is to a Jewish audience. He wants to demonstrate that Jesus is the promised Messiah. So that is why Matthew begins with genealogy. Genealogy. Tracing how that 
All this genealogy led to the birth of Christ. And the moment Matthew announced the birth, genealogy ended. Because the intent of the genealogy was to show that Jesus was not a bastard. Was to show that Jesus was not a muthos. It wasn't a myth. Was to show that Jesus was not a fairy tale was to show that Jesus was not a fantasized story. So he traced the genealogy so that anybody in Israel can go to Israel right now and trace where Jesus came from. So it's not like one guy who fell from the sky and said, I am Jesus. No. The, you know, you know the, the incarnation, which is what we're celebrating today, the incarnation is critical in the defense of the gospel. That Jesus didn't just fall from the sky. Come unto me, only that labor and a heavy laden. No, 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 no. There's a genealogy. We can trace his father. We can trace his ancestors. We can trace his great great grandfather. There is proof. We can trace where he came from. So there's genealogy. Why? Because Matthew was establishing among the Jews that Jesus is the very Christ. So Matthew is pointing backwards. The idea here is we have a reliable collection of historical documents. We have a reliable collection of historical documents. Luke is saying here in Luke chapter 1 verse 1 to 4 that this is a historical document. Peter says in 2 Peter 1.16 In other words they were not myths. We have not followed cunningly devised fables. It's not a fantasized story. This is not the figment of a man's imagination. Like Jessimiel Gile and Jemima who sits down to fantasize. They write their stories. They just sit down in my room. And create their stories. After creating it, they script it. And put parts. And create characters. And then act it and make it real. When they cry, tears are coming out. They are not, they are not being funny. When you watch it, your emotions get affected. Because they craftily and skillfully created the stories to be as real as reality can be. And then they now interpret it in motion pictures. No. The scriptures were not some people who sat down in a corner to script a fantasy. That's what Peter is saying. We have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the parousia, the coming of our Lord Jesus. But we were, I, we saw it. We saw it. I'm teaching good. See, if you miss this one, you have no basis for your Christianity. I'm, I'm not joking. I'm very serious. We didn't hear some fantasy somewhere. We were eyewitnesses of his excellent majesty. We were even there. When a voice came out of heaven, we saw Elijah and Moses. We saw them disappear. 
we heard the voice say, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. We were there. They didn't tell us. It can be proven in the annals of history with evidence. Shakobala. So it's not a collection of muthos. These are facts. Notice the first next phrase. But we are eyewitnesses of his excellent majesty. So notice the second part of our definition for defense. We have a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses. Written by eyewitnesses. Somebody, can we all say it together? Say it after me. We have a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses. Now say it, let me hear. You want to go? He says we are eyewitnesses. Look at John, first John chapter 1 verse 1. First John chapter 1 verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Did you take note of that? <laughs> Did you take note of that? Had seen, looked upon, touched. That's key. That's key. We have seen it. We have heard it. A historical collection of reliable documents written by eyewitnesses. These were not people who had a vision. They didn't die. It was not a subconscious experience. It was not an out-of-body experience. They were not suspended in an open vision. They say we touched it. We touched him. We saw him. We heard him. We know what we are talking about. Zekodagaba. Teaching good? Eyewitnesses to these events wrote about the events that they saw themselves. So we have a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses. But they were written during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. So it's not just that witnesses wrote the document. When they wrote the documents, other eyewitnesses of the same events were alive. Are we teaching here? Other eyewitnesses of the same events were alive. Kabadaga. So let's say it again. Say with me, we have a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. That is fundamental. 
written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. A lot of people who argue with that, you know, let's take care of those argumentators. First Corinthians 15 verse 1. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. Next verse. By which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Next verse. For I delivered unto you first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And that he was seen of Cephas. Peter, then of the twelve. Next verse. After that, he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of which of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are falling asleep. Next verse. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And, and last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. Do the mathematics. If you do the math, there is at least 301 witness to the resurrection who were alive when First Corinthians was written. 301 witnesses who were still alive who saw the resurrection. When First Corinthians was written. Teaching good? A smart group of critics will say. He said twelve. Twelve saw him alive. Then they say but there is a contradiction. That is what some smart critics will say. Say because Judas hung himself before Jesus rose. So how could the writer of Corinthians say 12 saw him? Judas died before Jesus rose. So they couldn't have been 12. If it was a correct documentation, it should have been 12. That's what some critics who think they are smart will say to you. Unless you are studious with the rest of the Bible, then you will discover that there's Acts chapter 1 verse 20. Acts chapter 1 verse 20. Let's take care of those guys. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric let another take. Next verse. Wherefore, of these men, which have companied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us. Next verse. Beginning from the baptism of John unto that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. Next verse. And they appointed two. Joseph called Basabas, who was so named Justus and Matthias. Next verse. Next verse. And they prayed and said, Thou Lord, which knoweth the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen. Next verse. That he may take part of this ministry and apostleship, from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. Next verse. And they gave forth their lords, 
And the Lord fell upon Matthias and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. So Matthias was the 12th who saw the resurrection. So there couldn't have been a contradiction. So 12 apostles, so that scripture is accurate. Are we together here? Now, the requirement was that for you to be an apostle of the Lamb, there are two classes of apostles. There are apostles of the Lamb, only 12. And when they died, that was the end. Then the second class of apostles are the apostles of his resurrection. Which Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 says, He gave some upon his resurrection, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So today, we don't have the apostles of the Lamb. Because 12 of them are dead. What we have today is the apostles of his resurrection. The gift to the church for the equipping of the saints to do the work of ministry. So the apostles of the Lamb, which were eyewitnesses of the resurrection, were 12. And that 12 was very important. Important number. That's why they replaced the number 12. When he hung himself. So there will still be 12. And by definition, being in the 12 was that you have to be an eyewitness of the resurrection. No contradiction. But that just goes to the heart of our presuppositions when you read the Bible. You know, some people just read the Bible to find fault. Not to be built up. When you give them all of them, say, but what about, what about, those are illiterates. Illiterates are always about what about, because they're always about. Give a dummy 40 evidences, he will still argue. Give a fool one evidence, I mean, give a wise man one evidence, he will calm down. Now, there are more than 25,000 archaeological digs direct directed directly to the subject matter of the bible over 25000 archaeological digs not one of them have contradicted anything we have in the bible over 25000 archaeological digs none has contradicted the bible and the overwhelming majority of of them have confirmed and affirmed what we have in the bible but here's what is interesting when you find something in the Bible a thousand times over, they still try to argue. Then they find evidence in archaeological digs, and then when they discover it is, it is not a contradiction, they apologize. Then they look for another one. When they discover it is not, they apologize. Over 25,000 archaeological digs. What we find here on this text about 301 eyewitnesses of his resurrection who were still alive when First Corinthians was written. This is important because that means the message of the Bible is falsifiable. The message of the Bible is falsifiable. Did you hear that English? Is falsifiable. This is important when you are testing the veracity of the claim. When somebody is making a claim, that claim can't be falsified. That means you can't test the claim. It's not a very strong claim. Any claim that you cannot falsify is not a strong claim. If you can't test it. It means I just have to trust what you say. You know, it's like a vision. I saw a vision. I saw the cloud. You see, 
clouds somewhere. I saw. Just believe me. You can prove it. You can check it. But the Bible is not like that. But those claims were falsifiable when Paul wrote it. Because the witnesses who saw the resurrection were there. See, they could have said, uh, that's not correct. They could have said, oh, oh, it didn't happen like that. It was a falsifiable claim. Yet, it was never falsified. It was never. Nobody falsified it. So, the Bible is a reliable collection of historical documents by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. But observe a problem. Some people are overeducated. We have truth and lies. Some people propounded a theory that these things were written later. And that there was this Constantine guy. I don't know if you have heard that theory. There was this Constantine guy and he put stuff together and he said, get rid of other stuff. Okay? So let's deal with a few things. Again, a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. I am claiming that the Bible was written early. I am claiming and establishing to you that the Bible, the New Testament, was written early. The New Testament was finished in the first century. A little early into the second century, depending on how you date it. But it's very early. And there are people that will argue with this on a couple of different fronts. So let's engage them. Let's deal with the easier one. They said that the Bible is not reliable because it has been translated so many times. Have you heard that? It has been translated so many times. There are thousands of translations. How can there be many translations of the same book? That you can't trust what we have because it has been translated so many times. And the people who make this claim are either ignorant or evil or both. They are either ignorant or evil or ignorant and evil. I'm not being funny. It is funny that there are people who claim to be intelligent who continue to make this argument. And you know what is annoying me? That people are not laughing at them. Because when they make the argument, you should just break forth into laughter. Because here is the issue. If I am the Hebrew and Greek manuscript, the original, and I'm here, Hebrew and Greek, Pastor Eshet translates from me. Dr. Gabriel translates from me. Pastor Jerome transmits from me, translates from me. Pastor Prince translates from me. Elder Ephiok translates from me. Okay? You're following? Now, 
all of them translated from me. If you have a problem with their translation, come to me. I'm still here. I don't know if you understand. It's not like Pastor Gabriel translated from Pastor Eshet. Then Pastor Jerome translated from... No. All of them brought their translation from me using the English that was available as at the time they were translating. And since English is progressive, that's why some translations are expressed different from others. But you can still trace all the translations to the original. So that's why people have that argument ought to be laughed at. They are dummies, to say the least. Teaching good. <laughs> Which means each translation came from the Greek and the Hebrew. They all came from one source. That's why I said people argue like that, either ignorant or evil. How can any intelligent human being argue against the validity of the Bible because of the number of times it has been translated? If you bother go and read Hebrew and Greek, you will find out that there's no problem with the translation. And today we can even test it better because we're, we're better armed with tools. There's no secrecy here. In fact, we are more capable today. Some say, well, the documents we have are late documents. And we don't know what it is in those earlier documents. Let's look at that. In dealing with the manuscripts themselves, when it comes to the Bible, it's true that we don't have originals because of the materials on which the originals were written on. You didn't hear that? Because of the materials on which the originals were written on. So we don't have the originals. Now let's restrict ourselves because of time to the New Testament. When we talk about the New Testament, we don't have any originals. But we have documents that date back as early as AD 100 to AD 120. We have documents that date back to as early as AD 100 to AD 120. That's within a couple of decades of the completion of the New Testament. We have over 6,000 manuscripts or portions of manuscripts of the New Testament. Over 6,000. Over 6,000 and we can go back a couple of decades of the last writings. If that doesn't sound impressive to you, is because you don't deal with ancient writings. People who deal with ancient materials will not just be impressed, highly impressed with these statistics I just gave. People are conversant with ancient materials. For example, if we are talking about Aristotle's poetics, Aristotle's poetics, we have less than a dozen manuscripts of Aristotle's poetics. And the earliest one we can go back to is over a thousand years after the writing. That's the earliest of Aristotle's poetics. What about Julius Caesar? If you want to go to Julius Caesar's Gallic Wars, again, less than a dozen, and it's over 1,000 years between the last writing and the first manuscript we can put our hands on. A thousand years. The best example we have 
in terms of numbers is Homo's Iliot. We have a few hundred manuscripts, but the earliest one we can put our hands on is 2,100 years after the original. And people have the audacity to question the New Testament. That's ridiculous. To say the least. If the Bible is not considered reliable or trustworthy by any institution or group of intellectuals, then no ancient document should be considered trustworthy. Did you get that? No ancient document. Because none of them come close to the Bible. I say yes, but 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 Doctor Damina, you know, there's this overzealous monk theory. Have you heard of it? How many of you have watched the Da Vinci, da Vinci Code? You watched that? That's just a movie where they talk about the overzealous monk theory that Constantine guy, you know, the Constantine guy, you know, but that's not actually history. It's not. It's just a script by somebody. But even if we were to go there. Number one, there's a manuscript problem. Number two, there are 6,000 manuscripts. So if we have those monks that Constantine set up to change the New Testament, they will have to find 6,000 Greek manuscripts or portions of manuscript and change all of them the same exact way. Don't change your, your ink up. Don't get caught. Don't tell anybody what you did. Then there's a second layer. Jesus said, go and make disciples of every ethnic group. The problem with people's group is that they speak different languages. So the first centuries, the New Testament is translated into Syria, Coptic, and Latin. Syria, Coptic, and Latin. So now, your overzealous monks, during the time of Constantine, have to go and find 6,000 manuscripts or portions of it change them the same exact way, then they have to learn to lie in Syria, Coptic, and Latin. As well as they have to lie in Greek. Because if the Greek don't line up with the translations, there will be a problem. That's not the end of it. The third layer of the problem is the early church fathers. The early church fathers had this horrible habit of quoting and writing commentaries on the New Testament. So much so that if all we have is the writings of the early fathers, if we collate their writings together, we will have the entire New Testament minus 11 verses. That's the way the early fathers wrote. So now, those monks will have to find over 6,000 manuscripts Learn how to lie in Syria, Coptic, and Latin, and also lie in Greek. Get all the commentaries all over the world of the early church fathers. Make sure all the lies match. And then they have to lie in Syria, Coptic, and Latin, and Greek. That's a big fantasy. So we have a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. So far, we have a good history book. But watch this. Second Peter 1.17 Glory! 
For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So listen carefully. We have a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses and they report supernatural events. Mount of transfiguration. Supernatural. Moses and Elijah on the mount. Supernatural. The Bible is not a bunch of rules about religion. The Bible is a collection of supernatural events. This man claim that Jesus healed the sick they saw. He walked on the water. He stopped the storm. Opened blind eyes. Raised the dead. They were there, they saw it. In fact, some of the people Jesus healed, he told them to go and show themselves to the priest. It was not done in a corner. Supernatural events. He died Friday. Rose Sunday. These are not just the writings of a religious community trying to pass down rules and regulations. We have a collection of Old Testament books. And these individuals talked about how Moses split the Red Sea, walked on dry land with over three million people, and commanded the water body to close down on the Egyptian army. Supernatural. Supernatural. The blood on the doorpost on the Passover night. The angel of death passed, took out those that were not in a house with blood and touched none that was in a house with blood. Supernatural events. Moses threw his hands to heaven, brought it down. Manna was raining everywhere. Oh yes. I believe in miracles. Shatolabahata. Teaching good? I'm almost done. Are you glad you came? Merry Christmas. I enjoyed the Christmas meal. Zaza, zaza, zaza. So, it's not just supernatural events, but supernatural events that took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies. In fulfillment of specific prophecies. Zazozo. It's not like faith healer prophecies where somebody will come in and say, There's somebody here, you have a waist pain. There's somebody here, your knee is paining you. Of course, you know that when people gather in a number, there'll be somebody with waist and knee. Somebody here, you didn't sleep well last night. In fact, 10 will come out. Those are healer. Those are the things. I'm talking about prophecies, for example, Isaiah 53. Isaiah gave that prophecy over 700 years before Jesus was born. Prophecies that Jesus will be born and he will be the suffering servant. Look at a prophecy like Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 to 8. Put it up for me. Since today is Christmas anyway, Isaiah chapter 6 verse 9. No, 9 verse 6. 9 verse 6. 
For unto us a child is born. Can we all read together like a mask while everybody Christmas? Let's go. One, two, go. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Repeat it again. Repeat it again. Who is the mighty God? So outside Jesus, there is no God. The mighty God, the everlasting, the prince of next verse. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go together, everyone. Want to go of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon the kingdom to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth. Even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this next verse. Now everybody, the Lord sent a word into Jacob and it was lighting upon Israel. What was that word? That word is that Jesus will be born and he will be the light of the world. That was the prophecy. And one day an angel came to a virgin girl called Mary. Hail thou Mary, thou art highly favored. You shall carry a baby. And he shall be called the son of the Holy Ghost. Mary said, how can these things be? Seeing I know not a man. And the angel answered, the power of the most high shall come upon you. The power of the highest shall overshadow you. And that holy baby shall be born. And Mary said, be it unto me according to thy word. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the glory of the begotten of the father. Full of grace and truth. And of his fullness have we all received grace. Shall glory somebody. Say his name shall be called Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. So when Jesus was born, who was born? God. And where was God? With us. So Jesus is God with us. I feel like I'm teaching here. Jesus is not junior God. Jesus is not God's errand boy. Jesus is God Almighty with us. In fulfillment of specific prophecy over 700 years it was prophesied so it's a supernatural document written with specific prophecies that have been fulfilled it's not a mutus so when you hold your bible and you say I believe the word of God it is final authority in my life. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says. You are speaking without a shadow of doubt. Am I teaching good? If you're catching the flow, shout, I hear you. Sit and give me a few minutes, I'm done. The Jewish people don't like Isaiah 40, 53 because that tells them, shut up. It's in the Hebrew manuscripts. Isaiah 53. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Surely he was wounded for our transgressions. 
This is over 700 years ago. Bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we were healed. That was prophesied. And Jesus came and made it a reality. If that is not enough for any Jewish person. What about Psalm 22? What about Psalm 22? Now listen carefully. Jewish people don't call it Psalm 22. Because there are no verses and chapters. Verses and chapters came a hundred, few hundred years ago. So if it was Jewish people I was talking to, I would have to use the title of that particular place, which is the first line. So I will have had to tell them, open your scroll to Eli, Eli, Lama, Sabathani. Because that's the way that place opens. Eli, Eli, Lama, Sabathani. One of David's songs. And who would have known that that song was exactly what Jesus was going to say on the cross. Eli, Eli, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because of you for the first time, God walked away from God. God turned to God and God said to God, God said to God, the Lord said to my Lord, why hast thou forsaken me? He forsook him so he will never forsake you. Am I teaching somebody here? That's why after he rose, he said, I will never leave nor forsake you. Never, ever, never, ever, ever, never. Why? Because I forsook Jesus, your substitute on the cross, so I never forsake you. When you go through the fire, I will be with you in the fire. When you go through the water, I'll be with you in the water. When you fall, I will fall with you and raise you up. Am I talking to somebody here? In Christianity, we don't go to God. In Christianity, we don't go to God. Other religions are trying to go to their God. In Christianity, our God has come to us. Emmanuel, God with Somebody shout glory. I'm teaching God this morning. Say that, say that. Psalm 22 verse 1. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the walls of my roarings? Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. And in the night season, and I'm not silent. This was on the cross. Three days, three nights. Next verse. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee. They trusted, and thou didst deliver them. So in the midst of David's songs, you see prophecies of Jesus. Next verse. They cried unto thee, and were delivered. They trusted in thee, and were not confounded. Next verse. But I'm a worm. This is Jesus talking. And no man, a reproach of men, and despised of the people. He was despised and rejected. So in the midst of the, the songs of David. Were prophecies concerning the Christ. Next verse. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. As I say there is no beauty in him to desire him. They shoot out the lip. They shake their head saying. They were shaking their head on Jesus when he was on the cross. He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him. See me delighted in him. Next verse. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou this wake me hope. Thou this make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Jump to verse, jump to verse, verse, verse 14, verse 14. 
verse, I'm poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It's like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a pot shed. And my tongue cleaved to the jaws. And that was brought me into the dust of death. This is Jesus on the cross. For dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. Next verse. I may tell all my bones. They look and stare at me. Next verse. They part my garments among them. And cast lots upon my vesture. Can you see prophecy? Can you see fulfillment? But be not thou far from me, O Lord. O my strength. Haste thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword. My darling from the power of the dog. Now, not everybody who dies on the cross, his feet and hands are pierced. And when David wrote this psalm, there was nothing like cross. When David wrote this psalm, nobody has ever been crucified. So he didn't even have a natural idea of crucifixion. But it was in the prophecy. That's how authentic. That's how authoritative. That's how infallible. That's how erroneous the Bible is. I mean errorless. That's how errorless the Bible is. He said, Father, into your hands are coming. Jesus didn't waste time on the cross. He merely didn't put him on the cross. Within a few hours, I commit my spirit. You know why? So that they won't break his bones. If he didn't give up fast, they would have broken his bones. But in the prophecy, he said, none of his bones shall be broken. So the moment he got on the cross, he fulfilled the prophecy. Into your hands, I commit my spirit. He gave up the ghost. So they didn't have to break his bones. They buried him like that. And on the resurrection, he rose with his bones intact. To fulfill that prophecy. So we have a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. They report supernatural events that took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies. As I close, Second Peter 1.19. Woo! We have also a martial sure word of what? Prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise where? In your hearts. He's saying these fulfilled prophecies are not going to save you. It's by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. By grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone that a man is saved. But pay attention to fulfill prophecies. Like a man ought to at night when you look and you see light you keep looking. So in case all I have said didn't move you keep looking. The light will get closer. And when the light gets closer you will see reason to be saved. Like a day star arise in your hearts. Until the door dawn, day dawn, and the day star arise in your heart. So let's let's put it together. 
We have a reliable collection of historical documents put together by eyewitnesses in the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. They report supernatural events that took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies and their writings were divine rather than human origin. They, they, their writings were divine. Thousands of times, thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. And when the prophecies were fulfilled, it gave credence to who was speaking. Some say, but you can't believe anything written in any book because men wrote them. Yet you believe yourself. You believe yourself. And you can't believe what other men wrote. You are fallible and you believe yourself. I've had somebody say, but I'm a man of science. And unless this type of things can be proven scientifically, I just can't believe it. You know, some people think they are very intelligent. But they just display their illiteracy in public. You see, the scientific method is something that has to be observable, measurable, and repeatable. History is not observable, measurable, and repeatable. You don't use the scientific method to prove historical events. So if you say you need scientific method for historical events, you sound like an idiot. That's why history is not science. History is arts. Because the method of checking history is different from the methods of checking science. You use the evidentiary method like you would in a court of law. So you ask about reliability of sources. You ask about corroboration of sources. That's what you look for. You ask about the internal and external evidence that support those sources. These are the kind of questions you ask. Who are the witnesses? Are they reliable witnesses? Is, there, is this witness falsifiable? Are there other things contradicting or confirming this? Those are the kind of questions you ask when you want to be evidential in your method of confirming stuff. And when you ask those questions, you come to three continents, three languages, over 40 authors, most of whom never met one another, kings, generals, fishermen, journalists, historians. They wrote 66 volumes. Those volumes address hundreds of subjects and come together in a cohesive unit that tells one redemptive story. One story, the Bible, one character, the Bible, one character, one story, one book, one message. One person. That's a corroboration of scripture. That's not just the end. It's written over a period of 1500 years. Therefore, you have corroboration, you have reliability, you have 25,000 archaeological digs related directly to matters discussed in the Bible that have confirmed what we find therein. We have writings of contemporaries that confirm what we find therein. Therefore, the intelligent man is, the man, is not the man that says, I cannot simply believe it. The intelligent man is a man that says, I choose to believe the Bible. 
because it's a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. They report supernatural events that took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies and their writings are divine rather than human in origin. And if that's not enough, I've tried it. It changed my life. Glory to God. I believe that with these simple points of mind, I've not only convinced you, but I have equipped you to convince others that the Bible is the authoritative, errorless, infallible word of Almighty God. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jews and to the Greeks. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just get on your feet and celebrate your faith in Christ. Is that how they celebrate your faith in Christ in your view? Glory! 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 Lift your hand and shout, I'm saved by grace. Grace alone. In Christ alone. Through faith alone. No works. Purely saved by grace. I mean, which other book will you want to be the authority in your life? When other religions, it was an angel that appeared to their author. Nobody else saw no corroboration, no proof, nothing. Just him and the angel and he wrote and, the, and people are dying in those religions. Then you have somebody asked me somewhere, Dr. Damina, why do you say only through Jesus can man be saved? That's discourse for another day. I'm coming to you with that. Why can't a man be saved through Muhammad, Buddha, Shintoism? Why? That's another apologia. I will give you. I will show you with all evidences across the board that only Jesus can save. Only Jesus can save. Hallelujah. Only Jesus can save. Can we do smoke crusade? Everybody with your hands. Want to go? Only Jesus can save. Only Jesus can save. Your mother cannot save you. Your father cannot save you. Hallelujah. Only Jesus can save. Hallelujah. Only Jesus can save. Hallelujah. Your papa cannot save you. Your church cannot save you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Only Jesus. Everybody shout hallelujah. I remember my crusade days. I have a joy, the joy of salvation, the joy of the joy of salvation. I have a joy, the joy of salvation, the joy of deliverance. Joy every day. Joy, joy, joy every day. Happy, 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 happy every day. Joy, joy, joy every day. The joy of salvation. 
Isn't that a reason to celebrate? Glory! Father, I pray for everybody in this building, every man, woman, on television, on radio, those watching online, in this building, around the world, that the truth of the gospel comes alive. The reality of the saving knowledge of Christ. The death, the burial, the resurrection, the substitutionary sacrifice. He took my place in death. He died my death. He took my sins on him and he nailed them on the cross. He rose from the dead for my justification. And Father, that whosoever believes in Christ shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I pray for those that have burdens and yokes and those that are carrying life's cares. Jesus says, come unto me only that labor and a heavy loading. I will give you rest. That Lord, this will be an encounter with the reality of the rest that only Christ provides. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you for the blessing upon this house. I pray that as we celebrate today and as we fellowship with one another, that these realities will resonate fully in our hearts. And we give you praise and glory for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of finality. Are you blessed this morning? Turn to two, three people and tell them Merry Christmas. Glory. Amen. I want you to grab a great offering. Let's give this morning with joy. Let's worship Jesus. Let's worship what he has done for us. Let's worship the champion of our salvation. Let's worship him who is alive in our hearts. Let's give for the advancement of the gospel. Let's give so that the message of Christ covers the earth. 2022, we will go louder. We will go wider. We will make more impact than ever before. Your amen is looking for help. Grab a good and generous offering. We're just taking one offering. Just one. And after the offering, I'm joining Mr. Michael Bush and ask the counselor. Amen. That's our special way of wishing everybody a Merry Christmas. And then, of course, you know, wherever you are, grab your offerings online, community, the banking details are scrolling, television, the banking details are scrolling, radio audience, Mr. Michael Bush, read the bank accounts for you. Can I have a good amen? Lift up your offerings, Father, we give with joy, we give in honor of Christ. Thank you for the privilege of worship and the privilege to honor all that Christ has done for us. Our offerings are a sweet smell before you today. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen like thunder. Campuses and everybody online, we're not going off. We're going to go with Ask the Council in another five minutes. So go ahead, give your offerings. Let's give our, make our givings available quickly. Amen. Amen. All, all over the pulpit, anywhere around here, you come and drop your offerings, power voices. Hit the music. Let's do it as we worship Jesus, the risen King.
Continue to put those hands together. Put those hands together even as I welcome you to this very special edition of Ask the Council. Please, you may be seated. Because of time or the lack of it, I'm just going to take the details of, uh, of what I know the radio audience is waiting for. Okay, so the account name is Power City International, but of course, there are two account uh, destinations, so to speak, so account sources. I'll start with FCMB on this edition of the program 2982-68-2028. that's for FCMB. UBA is bank number 2139-26465, Power City International. Okay, quickly, quickly, announcement number two. Calls, um, we're going to be having many calls, I can tell you. Uh, we're even looking forward to having coordinators. Reports uh, to us from around the world. And they'll be joining us any moment. As a matter of fact, in the next five minutes, the phone lines would be open and uh, we'll be taking those reports and other calls from around the world. Okay, so for calls, plus two, three, four, if you're calling from outside Nigeria, otherwise it's simply 0806-800-9939. You want to send an SMS or two, plus two, three, four. Again, if you're doing from outside Nigeria, otherwise it's 703 Or you send an email or two to askthecounselornow at gmail.com. Final announcement for sponsorship, for support, and for partnership, just with a view to making sure we can remain on air whether it's on radio, whether it's on TV, or whether it's online, the number for you to call is the program hotline, and that is plus two three four. Again, if you're calling from outside Nigeria, otherwise simply 0802, excuse me, 0803 275 or you send an email or two to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. Dr. Day, of course, is DR. My name is Michael Bush. My producer is Pastor I.J. Quere and the production team. I know you will not put your hands together, but surely you will put for this one. Mama is in church. Dr. Rachel Damina. And, of course, we also have the resident pastor, powerful, humble man, and that is Pastor Prezokon, complete with Elder Uyime's dear wife. And then, the man of the moment, the man of our future, the man who continues to feed us, Global Barber, Dr. Eber, Damina! Intercontinental, Mr. Bush, Merry Christmas. Global Barber, Merry Christmas Yeah, to you. you look Christmas today. You too, Global Barber, and um, what a blast that was, Global Barber. Oh, my goodness. To imagine that I, I spent, I, Mrs. Bush and I and other, um, other leaders here, Spend some time with you yesterday. It didn't look like you carried this kind of bomb for today. It doesn't show in the face. No, Baba. Now, I understand. I understand why you gave no speech um, yesterday. I understand. You just bottled up everything that I'll show them tomorrow. This was more than a speech, Global Baba. I'd like to thank you. Thank you. We are forever thank grateful. We are forever you. grateful. Global, we'll just do the traditional opening prayers before we get the program off the ground. Let's pray together. Father, we rejoice and we thank you for all you've done for us. As we look back at the day when salvation and the free favors of God abounded to mankind, we want to thank you for grace. Thank you for Kwaibom State. Thank you for our governor. Thank you for his cabinet. We continually pray for them and we stand in faith that they continue to advance and create an environment for the gospel to thrive and for potentials to continue to prosper in this land. 
And we thank you for Nigeria and the rest of Africa and the world that the gospel of Christ is in the front burner. Souls are saved, disciples are raised. And we rejoice today and we thank you for the blessing upon this, this entire mandate that you've given to us to reintroduce Jesus to this generation. And we give you praise for the blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. Global, may I now formally welcome you to this edition of Ask the Counselor. The last time we were here live, we spent the night in Dublin. That's in Ireland, somewhere in Europe. And that's where we're going to be kicking off from. This one. Hello, Global Baba. Calvary greetings in Jesus' name. My name is Samuel Kalu. I live in Dublin, Ireland. I've been following your teachings online and I've come to know that I need to unlearn many things that I've been taught from Sunday school from way back. Plus, I no longer feel comfortable global by my current church as I've realized there are fundamental errors in its teachings and belief system. I'm one of the pastors in, he mentions the name of the church in Dublin. My parents were ministers in the church in Nigeria, he mentioned the name again, and I've been in the ministry for some time now. I've functioned as a music minister in several churches, but for so, and for so long, and attended an online Bible school, um, a college called Christian Leaders Institute based in the United States, Global Barber. I was ordained a pastor by Reverend Chidi Okarafo, the then something-something of this church in Nigeria when he had a conference with us in Dublin. However, Global Barber, since listening to your teachings, this has cast doubts over what I used to hear and most of the teachings of that church. I have now seen the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ through your exposition of the word. I wish to be trained again into ministry by you. I would also have to have um, to open one of the Power City campuses out here in Dublin after my training and equipping is completed. I'm looking forward to hearing from you soon. Thanks and regards, Lobo Baba. My name is Samuel Kalu. Well, Samuel, thank you for writing in. Well, we'll make sure we get you in touch with uh, Pastor Matthew who will get you into our training institution and see how we can work with you to start a power city campus in Dublin Island. We have a lot of people, by the way, in Dublin who follow what we teach. So it would be wonderful to have a campus in Dublin Island. Global back from Dublin Island, we just cross over into the uh, into London, into the UK because it's still part of there. Global Baba, great grace. Wishing you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year ahead. My name is Miriam Williams. I'm a devoted and committed member of Power City International Campus, Enfield, out here in London, the United Kingdom. This is not necessarily a question, Global Baba, but rather gratitude to you for all the works you have done for people like me who are completely brainwashed and lost in terms of the word. You followed us, to re you have allowed me to reprogram my mind, and for that I am forever great grateful, sir. We're carrying out what Christ would have us do. We are disciples, disciplining disciples. Okay, we are disciples, discipling disciples. I'm blessed beyond measure that I'm exposed to the truth. You are an exclusive teacher, sir. It's beautiful to know that Christ asked and is still using you to reach many to get this message across. It continues to work through you, Global Barber. I'm still learning and there is much more space to continuously learn and learn. Grace has found me. I'm strengthened by his grace. I truly am the righteousness of God. Power City Enfield has been a blessing in my life and most importantly has helped me to ascertain the true gospel. It would be a great honor, Global Baba, to welcome you to Enfield in the new year, sir. Great grace. Remain blessed. Kind regards. Miriam Williams. Well, Miriam, thank you. I'm looking forward to coming to Enfield 2022, too. But it's wonderful and just amazing to know that God is equipping, building, and raising an army of people there 
in the United Kingdom. Bless you. Amen. Global Baba, I said we're going to be having many, many calls and taking them from around the world. The first one is already on the air. Hello. Are you there? We don't have time. I'm trying to squeeze in much action. Are you there one more time? Hello. If you're not there, but the calls can keep coming. Hello, another one. Hello. Okay. Okay, so I leave um, Europe now. I'm heading straight to the United States. Kingdom blessings, Global Baba, and the Intercontinental Mr. Michael Bush. May God continuously bless your labor of love. I'm calling right from Louisville in the United States. Please, I have two questions, Global Baba, and they are, one, how can one draw a line between grace and hard work? I have a friend who works about 100 hours a week, and by his hard work has materially become wealthy. Daddy, is this by grace or hard work? Well, grace is what Christ has done for you where salvation is concerned. You still have to work hard. You know, but the world tells you instead of working hard, work smart. Okay, so work smart. And if you don't know how to work smart, work hard. Keep working hard until you learn how to work smart. Yes, Daddy. Bless you. Yes, Daddy. That, that's, a, that's a fantastic answer, Daddy, because it's still possible to work hard, work smart, and then because without grace, you would have no result to show, no yep. success. Yep. So it's still down to grace. Okay, second question from Colin. I'm still waiting for calls. I'm still waiting for calls. Second Thessalonians, Global Baba 2, 7 to 12, uh, especially verse 7. Okay, 2, 7, and then 12, verse 7. That's what it says. For the mystery of iniquity does already work, already that, and then it goes on and on and on and then it concludes. Why would there be a strong delusion from God, since our God cannot deceive? Thank you. It won't be from God. It will be because of the absence of God. The delusion will be because people will reject God, so God will be absent. And in his absence, there will be strong delusion. It's just a syntax situation. Another caller. Can we have you now on air? Hello. Are you there? Hello. Yes, many thanks Hello. for joining us. Your name, where are you calling from? Yes. Hello, good morning. Go ahead. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. Good morning, Papa. Morning. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, sir. My name is Brotho Singh. I'm actually calling from um, Lagos. We just want for the great work we are doing, and we've been tremendously blessed by the great light you have shared with us all the year. Um, under the leadership of our Lagos coordinator, Pastor Godspeed, we. We have been discipling men because, like God says, that the evidence of spiritual growth is ministry, and we have been doing ministry. Thank you so much for the light. Thank you so much for dedicating yourself to this great work. Thank you, sir. Fantastic. Just in time. Yeah, yeah that's from Ogba, Ogba Campus in Lagos. Glad to hear that the world is growing in that campus. Under Pastor Gospel's supervision. God bless you for calling. Amen. Which reminds me, Global Baba, um, uh, just earlier when you were ministering, you took from Pastor Eshet, I hope. They went to Dr. Gabriel. You went to, I think at the point, you mentioned Bro Ifyok, and that's where you ended. How are you able to do that? that? By the way, that's a fantastic thing in leadership. The ability to remember the names of your followers. I come back to that because my producer will let me complete what I have to say. This caller, hello. Hello? 
If you can't answer me, answer global baba. Hello. Are you there? Okay. We told, I don't know what we, we're having technical difficulties, but just keep trying. You keep coming through. So global baba was telling you, and, and in, in all of Nigeria, I can tell you the number one person with that kind of gift was IBB. No doubt he continues to have that kind of followership. He would just see you once. And call you. Then he would know your name. And, and you're able to do that with thousands of people. How do you do that, Global Baba? It's interest. Aha. We're interested in people. You're able to know things about people, including their names. Wow. Wow. Fantastic. I could have continued. But you okay. That. You could have continued. Yes. Global Baba, I know. There's this caller. Hello. Hello. Are you there? Are you there? Hello. Yes, many thank you. Welcome to the program. Anywhere you're calling from. Mr. Bush, this is Pastor Raymond. Hey. Calling from Manchester. Ah, I, I thought you were in Nigeria. Okay, so go ahead, bro. Baba, I need your prayer. Today is my birthday. That is all. Merry Christmas. I missed the party at home yesterday. I was not happy. If I knew there was a party yesterday, I would have shifted my ticket. Merry Christmas and happy birthday. God's grace, God's peace, God's blessings, 12 months added to you of impact and exploits in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, so Global Baba, we're heading now out of uh, where we were and coming back to, we're in the United States, I guess, we're coming back to Africa now, first part of course, South Africa. Hello, dear Global Baba, the Dark Continental Mr. Bush. Global Baba. Can you please explain 1 Corinthians 12, 3? Because even a drunk man can call Jesus Lord. Thank you, Global Baba, Michael Shabalala in Joburg, South Africa. Well, it is not just calling Jesus Lord. It's beyond calling. You only call after you have understood what you're calling. So that's why it is not just calling. The gospel is preached. And when the gospel is preached, you understand the gospel. The summary of understanding the gospel is calling Jesus Lord. No, but just in time for our next caller on this edition, this special edition of our program. Hello. Are you there? Hello, can you hear me? Welcome. Yes, we can hear you loud and clear. Your name, where you're calling from, your points, go ahead. Um, good morning, Mary Christmas to you. Um, Ms. Bush, my name is Bantrada Santi. I'm calling from Leeds in the UK. Merry Christmas. Um, just really wanted to send a new greetings to Dad, um, 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 Reverend Dr. Uh, Danilo, to Mommy, Dr. Rachel, Triple J. Uh, we miss you. We haven't seen the UK uh, this year, uh, but we believe that um, early in the next year we will see the whole family. Uh, Daddy, thank you so much. Uh, the family, I'd like to greet. We want to appreciate you for all that you've done for us, the body of Christ, all over the world. We know that the very way that you carry will continue to preserve you. For all power is in the world. Thank you, and God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for Amen. calling. We look forward to coming to the UK next year, all things being equal. But bless you, and thank you for reaching out. Fantastic. Just in time, we stroll into Zimbabwe, from next door, South Africa. Hello, Global Baba. My name is Regis. I write from Harare, Zimbabwe. I have a question from Revelation 17:8. Does that mean that God has already determined those who will be saved from before we were born? Well, go listen to my teaching on Soteria 4. 
foreknowledge, predestination, election, that will show you that God can be that because once you say God determined those that will be saved, it means God is responsible for sin, God is responsible for evil, and God cannot. So you need that series on um, uh, predestination, foreknowledge, and election. It's a doctrine, and it's about 35 hours. Soteria season 4. That will help you. From Zimbabwe, we're flying straight to Malawi, and here we have Pastor Majoni Hari, writing from Malawi. He writes, I want to thank you, dear Global Baba, for what you're doing in the body of Christ. I'm mature now, after following you for all of 10 years. To God be the glory. I look forward, Global Baba, to meeting you in Zambia in May next year. I will travel from Malawi to be there with you. How does he know that you're in May next year? Well, you're in we've, Zambia. We've not determined the month, but we'll be in Zambia for sure next year. We're just waiting to put a few things together. We will announce the dates very soon. But it's good to know that you're planning to come from Malawi to Zambia to be part of the conference. God so, bless you. So, Global Baba, before I go join this next caller, can it be May? No, I'm not sure yet. Aha, uh-huh, I yes. know. Yes. I know. That's why I asked that. This next caller. Hello. Hello. It's all right. Good. Yes, we are here. We are here waiting for you. Merry Christmas. And then we call it from. Yes. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Hello. Yeah, we can hear you. Just um, strangled the volume on your radio on your Hello. Good device. Morning, Papa. We can hear you. Go ahead. Morning. Merry Christmas. My name is Odinna. I'm calling from Park City, Abuja. Okay. Yes, good morning, Mr. Bush. Good morning. Just go ahead. We, we have very little time. Go ahead. Good morning. Merry Christmas. I'm Odinna calling from Park Yes, we heard that. Go ahead. Okay. I, 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 I apologize, but let's just stay in Namibia while Obinna tried to call us again from Abuja. I'm Mrs. Martha Sinkoza, Global Baba. I'm a Malawian. I live in Namibia. I started listening to your teachings on YouTube in March last year during COVID-19 lockdown. I realized, Global Baba, that there is need for me to know much more about salvation. I started listening to, can a believer lose salvation? I remember having listened to part four of this teaching. I started speaking in tongues confidently and boldly, something I wasn't able to do before, despite being a believer for so many years. I made up my mind to religiously follow your teachings, which I did starting from this year, 2021. I bought my hardcover books ready to learn. During NCCM 2021, I've taken this before, but 14th February this year, Sunday, second service, you talked about God not imputing sin on us. The word uh, logosomai, to be specific, Romans 4, 8, that teachings made something in me come alive because that time my brother had just been arrested at his workplace. The teachings gave me direction on how to pray about it. It was enlightening. No, but my brother was out. The issue was sorted outside the court. His workplace, there was retrenchment, but it was not retrenched now. Uh, Martha Zimkoza, remember, uh, just giving testimony, and we've taken this before. Yes, I'm right. sure we have. This next caller. Hello. Hello. Many thanks for joining us. Merry Christmas. Your name, where are you calling from? Merry Christmas to you. My name is uh, Igwezi Benjamin. I'm calling from Abuja. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Papa. Bless you. Bless you so much. Thank you for everything you do for the gospel. We are really blessed. We have been uh, under Pastor Matthew, and it has been awesome. A lot of love, a lot of growth, a lot of evangelism, and 
campuses are sprouting up in Abuja here. It has been so amazing and awesome. Thank you so much, and God bless you for everything you do for us. Thank you for reaching out. So good to know that the gospel is growing in Abuja. People are coming to the knowledge of the truth. Thank you for calling. Amen. Okay, from Namibia, we're headed to Zambia Awards. And right now, we're at Zambia. Greetings, Global Baba and the Intercontinental Minister Michael Bush. This is your son, Global Baba, Stairs Montini from Zambia. I'd like to thank you for your labor of love for the family in Christ and even for your love of bringing many souls into this family. Please, Global Baba, have a question that we really have argued about Matthew 26, no? Matthew 27, 46. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mark 15, 34, and at three in the afternoon, uh, and at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, which means, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Does this mean a separation between the Father and the Son to place here, or it was just the fulfilling of David's Prophecy in Psalms, but the father never separated from the son. Thank you. Your son, Steve Muncini. Global by just hold your thoughts. This caller. Hello. 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 Yeah, many Hello. thanks for joining us. Merry Good morning, Christmas. Global, Baba. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Papa. This is uh, Pastor Austin from Doha, Qatar. Whoa, wow. Pastor Austin. Bless you. Power City, Qatar. Yes, Papa. <laughs> thank you so much, Papa. We really want to appreciate you. Thank you, uh, Mr. Bush. Thank you, Pastor Macho, Pastor Puerto Ocon. Thank you, all the pastors globally. We just want to wish you a Merry Christmas from uh, Qatar. And uh, on behalf of the PCI campus, we want to appreciate Papa for all he's doing for us, standing there in Oyo and unveiling men in Christ all over the world. We are transformed here in Qatar, Papa, and uh, spiritually we are growing. We are about 25, 27 in our campus, and uh, like you said next year, the mango tree is right. It's time for us to shake the, the tree and bring down the fruit. We are gearing towards the next step of the campus to make sure that uh, evangelism becomes radical all over the nation of Qatar. We really thank you, Papa, for standing with us diligently and for presenting us approved by God and for making us workmen who are not ashamed by rightly dividing the word of truth. Thank you, Papa, for giving us answers to every question concerning salvation. You've made, you've made uh, the Bible a book very easy for us to read and understand. You've removed the seed from the Bible. The Bible is so clear to us. Men sit with us and we open them in Christ. Everyone who spends time with us only goes away to say he's coming from the place where the word of God and Christ is preached. We are thankful to you. Our children are learning these things. And we are very sure that within the next few years, this land of Qatar should be transformed. And we are not here by mistake, Papa. We thank you so much for what you are doing for you. And whenever you are traveling to any part of the world, we travel with you. We travel with you, Papa. We just pray God will continue to strengthen you. Each time you run up those steps in the church, I pray God increase his strength. Increase his strength. May God continue to increase, Papa. Thank you so much on behalf of our city campus, Doha, Qatar. 
Fantastic. Fantastic. Just to make sure, just to make sure we can beautifully contextualize that and prepare the grounds for um, some, some of the other coordinators from around the world to be able to put in their report. Uh, even tomorrow when we come here live, um, we'll be able to open the platform also for you. So take note, if you are not able to squeeze in your calls today, other coordinators prepare for tomorrow, there will be that chance. But right now, um, producer, make arrangements for the live audience to be able to ask their questions. Just make that ready as I head to Cameroon. Hello, Daddy. I'm glad to have access to you. My family and I have been blessed by the teaching of Christ. You've been uh, teaching us. You've been leading us. I'm experiencing God all the way. My name is Pastor Bless. I'm from Cameroon. Your message makes me to focus on Christ. Thank you, Daddy, for taking out time to do these great teachings and for helping me from false teachings. Pastor Bless in the Republic of Cameroon. Wow. Thank you, Pastor Bless. Keep following and keep growing. Another caller. Hello. Hello. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you all. My name is Sister Melda. I'm calling from Power City in International Airfield, UK. Wow. Bless you and thank you for coming. Merry Christmas to you. Christmas. Merry Christmas, Papa. Thank you for laboring and words and teaching. Thank you. For participating in talking as in the word of truth, which is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Thank you for equipping and building ministry in us. Oh, Papa, we are so grateful to you. The campus is growing and multiplying themselves as in the account of Acts chapter 19 The word of God is beginning greatly in new things. We are becoming a strong family. We are building people, Papa. We are so grateful for all that you are doing. And we want to thank the church in Ohio as well for the partnership that has called Papa to, to bring this message to the ends of the world, even to you home. We love you, Mama. We want to thank Mama as well. And of course, we want to say thank you to Mr. Bush of the Most High. Your commitment, your consistency, and your tenacity is admired and deeply appreciated. Amen. We await you in the UK, Mr. Booth. Papa, on behalf of the country, our ambassador, our coordinator, Ambassador Andrew, we love you deeply and we truly appreciate you. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Pastor Imelda. Ambassador Andrew Suai. Absolutely. Thank you for calling. Wow. Praise God. Fantastic. Global. But I'm still looking for live audience questions. But as I wait for you, just, um, just show your hand if you want. There's a microphone there so we could accommodate you. But I'm going to take some anonymous entries, some anonymous entries, one, two, three or so, then come to you and we we'll round off this edition of the program so that we can go home and do what we should do going forward. Okay, this anonymous one. Hello, Yobo Baba, dear Dr. Damina. I'm a keen follower of the teachings for two years now. Kindly help me to pray for financial breakthrough. I've prayed for my husband to get a good job, to know Avel. Our businesses have failed, have spoken and believed. Still no change. Is there anything wrong with me, Yobo Baba? Kindly help. I'm tired of the embarrassment. Kindly withhold my identity. But the good thing is that I didn't even leave the identity. So what do we withhold? Well, Father, we pray for anonymous. 
<laughs> there will be a breakthrough, favor, Amen. connections, ideas. Amen. Bring them out of that hole where there is no water. Amen. And help them to find their way through meeting their daily needs. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Producer tells me there is another caller. Hello. Hello. Many thanks for joining us, ma'am. You know where you're calling from. Hello, good morning, and Merry Merry Christmas. That's how we call him from Birmingham. My name is T. My call dropped a few times, but thank God we've been able to get through. Top questions you've answered today. I mean, if we can't stand on our feet and testify of the goodness of God and boldly defend the reason for our hope, then we haven't done it justice. We are so grateful to God for who you are the gift of God upon your life and all you are doing for us. Papa, we celebrate you. I just want to scream and say, Glory! Glory! We are totally relieved that we can go out with knowledge, with boldness, totally equipped and defend this gospel, the faith that we have received. For many years, we continue to have this singling thing in the back of our mind. Are we saved? Are we saved? And people ask you questions that you don't think you can defend and answer. But today, and the day after, and tomorrow, and the day after, you continue to give us more wisdom. Papa, God bless you. Papa, God bless you. Papa, God bless you. And keep you and strengthen you and grant you more and more. Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Bush, God bless you for your work. Amen. Please, can we have the account for the act to honor Papa, specifically to the honoring offering? I know Papa has announced it today, but some of us, we want to honor him for all he's doing today and celebrate Christmas with him. God bless you all. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank that, you. That, thank that's, you. That's an important one. That's a very important one. Take note of that number <laughs> and make sure you send the account ASAP. Okay. NS, NS, quickly. NS, take, take, take note of that one. I, I was even going to give another account number, but um, I'm sure NS can be able to take that because we also need to put that out. As a matter of fact, even the people in the, in the TV studio, the people online studios, just make sure you can even scribble that, you know, That's allow right. that to run. That's right. Uh, scroll that on your screen. Okay, so Global Baba, another anonymous entry. I hear I have a live audience uh, question. I'll take that in a moment. Greetings, great man of God. I really thank you for what you're doing. God bless uh, you. And uh, goes on to say some other things. What's really the role of angels and the Holy Spirit in the affairs of men? Is there any point that angels interface with the Holy Spirit on behalf of men? Global Baba, I'm not ungrateful for your counsel and for all the things you've done for me. Well, that's a whole teaching for another day. But the Holy Spirit is God in you. Angels are there to assist and serve the purpose of God in your life and on your behalf. That should help for now. This quick one, this quick one, anonymous still. Hello, Global Baba. I always thank God for the lives of men like you who have worked themselves to the true teaching of the word. Global Baba, can you help clarify who the rock is in this text below? Now I say to you that you are, you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. The rock is the revelation of Jesus and that is what the church is built upon, the revelation of Jesus. Okay, I'm told that uh, we're ready now with the live question, live audience question. Can we just go take such a one? Um, yes, that person is ready. Just tell us your name, brother, and um, then your question. Go ahead. The microphone, just can we power his microphone. 
My name is Sandra Joseph. I'll based on today's teaching on the scripture that I was there, talked about for instruction in righteousness. Uh, I, I need a clarification on that because a lot of people have made us to know that righteousness has to do with doings, actions, what you do and what you don't do. So what does it mean when you say for instruction in righteousness? Is the word pedia, where you have pediatrics in English. Pedia means raising a child up by the way of the mouth. So it means spiritual growth in that context. Now remember, there is no general word usage in the Bible. Every word in the Bible is interpreted within context. So in that context, instruction in righteousness is spiritual growth. But righteousness as a subject in scripture is a gift of grace. You don't do anything to have it. Righteousness is Jesus himself. So when Jesus entered your heart, he made you his righteousness. That's not works. It is a pure gift of God. I hope that helps you. Our last caller on this edition of the program is already on the air. Hello. Hello. Good, good, good day to you. Welcome to the program. You know, we're calling for Merry Christmas. Uh, I'm Brother Chiquera. I'm calling you from John, West South Africa. Okay. Merry Christmas. You have 30 uh, seconds. 30 uh, seconds. Merry Christmas to you, sir. I would like to wish you a Merry Christmas, Papa. May you continue the good work you are doing. And may God increase you. Thank you. And thank you for reaching out. God bless you. Enjoy your Christmas today. Okay, global from wherever in the world we were, we're just flying straight to you. I'm not going to be able to take the entry. Tomorrow is another day. When we come back, we start tomorrow from you. Until then, this is Michael Bush, your uncle, thanking the producer of the program, Pastor I.J. and the production team, and then bringing on Global Baba for the last time on this edition of the program. Put your hands together for Global Baba, Dr. Abel Damina. The Intercontinental, Mr. Bush. Appreciate Mr. Bush. Appreciate Mr. Bush on this special day. Amen. Glory! Well, I want to use the opportunity to appreciate every one of you that has been a part of this broadcast, always giving us the opportunity to serve you the grace of God. And I also want to thank all of you that have sent me and my family Christmas greetings, monies, and gifts. I want you to know I truly appreciate your honor. Christ continues to honor you as you've honored us. And uh, I also want to quickly mention that we'll have other broadcasts today on radio. Don't forget we'll be on Passion FM 3 to 5. We'll be on XL FM 1 to 3. We'll be on Comfort FM 6 o'clock this evening. We'll also be on Inspiration by 9 and Heritage by 10. And tomorrow morning is going to be brutal. I'm going to be teaching on concerning leadings and perceptions as we prepare you for the journey of 2022. So first service 8 a.m. GMT plus 1 and second service 11 a.m. GMT plus 1. We love every one of you. Make sure you reach out to somebody, share some love, take some people out, spend the day enjoying all that Christ has made available. And until we see you tomorrow, enjoy the rest of your day. Merry Christmas and God's blessings. Goodbye Amen. from Uyo, Nigeria. Amen. We hope that you have been blessed by this message. To order the complete series of this message and all the messages by Dr. Abel Daminer, please call plus 234-806-800-9939 or email powercityoffice at gmail.com.
vez.